Welcome to the next message from Encounter Church. For more information about our church, visit us online at EncounterPGH.com. Thanks for listening, and enjoy the message. special. You're going to hear it a lot more, but uh, today is special because it is our church's five-year anniversary. I remember when uh, my wife and I first felt the Lord really put it on our heart to begin a church um, in the east end of Pittsburgh. It really uh, changed everything for our lives and has made an impact on our lives. And now here we are five years later, and it's been so cool to see people come in and out and the, the stories and the impacts. And that's really what today is all about, is, is celebrating and, and looking at what God has done. And, um, you know, I've always felt that five years is an important milestone. It's one that I've been personally looking forward to. In the church planting world itself, statistically, five years is an important milestone. And, uh, and it's just great to see, uh, as I look around today, new faces, old faces. Um, and so on days like today, I think it is important for us to kind of step aside from some of the things we're normally doing and uh, to reflect, to celebrate, and to dream. And so that's what we're going to be doing today. And I've entitled this message today, Monumental moments, monumental moments. And I believe that today is one of those moments. It's one of them. You know, I grew up in the Washington, D.C. area. How many of you have ever been to Washington, D.C., kind of going around the sites? All right, so you're familiar with the concept, right? The city is built as the nation's capital, but not only is it the nation's capital, all over it is filled with, with uh, war memorials and monuments that are designed to uh, help us to remember our history as a country, uh, to inspire us to, to new heights, to help us to remember things. And while our country is certainly not a a perfect place. And some of the things that we see there maybe remind some of us of, of, of painful memories or hurtful memories. I think most of us hopefully would all agree that the concept behind it of what we love about our nation of the United States and what the Washington, D.C. area represents is who we're trying to be as a nation, right? The concept of where we're going. And so I remember just growing up in that area, going down there, and even as an adult, I've lived there uh, more recently, several years ago, and just traveling and going and visiting the monument. And what happens is, is that each of those monuments tells a story, right? Each one tells a story. When we go and see, oftentimes it inspires us. Monuments are inspiring, that they, they help us to, to see that we are meant for something more, that it inspires us to, to think greater than ourselves, that there is more to do, that there is perhaps a better day for us. Monuments also challenge us, right? We, we, it challenges us and it looks around and we, we say, my life or the world that we live in does not match up with what we would like it to be. Sometimes the monument, the memorial that we see, we, it challenges us to be better than we are right now. Sometimes monuments uh, inspire honor, right? Honor for the things that have happened. We look back in our history as a nation and see the wars that were fought for, for some very noble causes, some of the lives that have been laid down or the, the, the leadership that certain individuals have given in our, in our nation, right? The monuments inspire us to honor those in the past, but they also, I also think that monuments also challenge us with responsibility, that we look at them and we say, what is my role in this in order to make our nation be who we are called to be, right? We're not just individuals that watch what other people have done and stand on their shoulders. We do want to be lifted up by them, but the monuments also call us to take responsibility. And so 
Washington, D.C., to me particularly, is a place of remembering, but it's also celebrating and a reminder of who we are as a nation. And today, as we celebrate five years as a church, I think it's just as equally important for us. I want us to act, have this moment act as a monument for our church, for what God has done. I want to look back. And I want to see God's faithfulness. I want to look back and see how God has inspired us, how he's challenged us, how he has acted and operated in our lives. I want us to celebrate, and I want it to allow us today to challenge us and to inspire us. And to do that, we need to hear a few stories from people, family members within our own church whose lives have been impacted by our church. And so we're going to be doing that in a few minutes. But first, what I want to do is I want to take a look at another monumental moment that we see in the Old Testament in Scripture that I think actually leads the way for us as we celebrate a moment like this. And it sets an example for us on a day like today. If you have your Bibles, would you please turn to the book of Joshua in the Old Testament? Joshua is, uh, is, is right after the books of Moses. So, so Moses was the leader. Most of us have heard of Moses, right? He was the, the leader that God used to, uh, to bring the people of Israel out of their slavery in Egypt. Well, now the Israelites find themselves in the promised land. And in that space, Joshua has been the leader, the one who has been the, the, the one in the campaign for them, who has been leading their entire army and their nation to where God has called them to be. So the book of Joshua is really all about uh, the exploits of Joshua and him in leadership. If you don't have a Bible, we have them for free at our Connection Center. Please feel free to grab one. Also, I just encourage every person, I say this every week and I'm going to keep saying it, to go to the app store and to download the Bible app. Because you can take your Bible with you anywhere you go. And so we're going to be reading today out of Joshua 24, beginning in verse 1. Let's read it together. It's a, a good hefty chunk of Scripture, but it's going to, I think it's going to really challenge and inspire us today. It says, Joshua assembled all the tribes of Israel at Shechem and summoned leaders of Israel and their leaders, the judges and the officers, and they presented themselves before God. And Joshua said to all the people, this is what the Lord, the God of Israel, says long ago. Your ancestors, including Terah, the father of Abraham and Nahor, lived beyond the Euphrates River, and they worshipped other gods. But I took your father, Abraham, from the region beyond the Euphrates River, led him throughout the land of Canaan, and multiplied his descendants. I gave him Isaac, and Isaac I gave Jacob and Esau. I gave the hill country of Seir to Esau as a possession. Jacob and his sons, however, went down to Egypt, I sent Moses and Aaron, and I defeated Egypt by what I did within it. And afterward, I brought you out. Is this sounding familiar if you have any kind of background in the Old Testament or in Christianity or in Jewish history? This is the Prince of Egypt story, right? What we're seeing here is this is the concept of Moses bringing the people out by God's power. And then it says, when I brought your fathers out of Egypt and you reached the Red Sea, the Egyptians pursued your fathers with chariots and horsemen as far as the sea. Your fathers cried out to the Lord, so he put darkness between you and the Egyptians and brought the sea over them, engulfing them. Your own eyes saw what I did to Egypt. And after that, you lived in the wilderness a long time. And he continues, later, I brought you to the land of the Amorites who lived beyond the Jordan River. They fought against you, but what happened? I handed them over to you. You possessed their land, and I annihilated them before you. Balak, son of Zippor, king of Moab, set out to fight against Israel. He sent for Balaam, son of Beor, to curse you, but I would not listen to Balaam. Instead, he repeatedly blessed you, and I rescued you from him. You then, and we're going to finish up here, crossed the Jordan and came to Jericho. 
Jericho's citizens, as well as the Amorites, the Perizzites, the Canaanites, the Hethites, the Girgashites, the Hivites, and the Jebusites, a whole bunch of ites, fought against you. But what happened? But I handed them over to you. I sent hornets. And an interesting translation here is the word terror. So the imagery, right? A metaphor of I sent hornets of terror in front of you, ahead of you, and they drove out the two Amorite kings before you. It was not by your sword. It was not by your bow. I gave you a land that you did not labor for and cities that you did not build. You live in them. You're eating from vineyards and olive groves you did not plant. Now, What's happening here? This is a moment, a monumental moment, where Joshua picks his head up after a long military campaign and looks at the promise that God had given the people of Israel all the way back to Abraham. Remember in the summer last year, we did the Created Message series, and we heard about how God called Abraham from a place that he didn't know. He said, follow me, and I will send you to a land that you don't know about, that I will show you, and I will multiply your descendants, and you will have a new land. Well, here we are. They arrived in that land. They were in that place. And Joshua is an old man now. He's about to retire. He's about to kind of just go into his pension days, right, and just kind of relax. And he realizes the significance of the moment, the monumental moment, the task they had just completed. And he's saying to them, this is what God has said. This is what God has done. Look at what God has said to you. Look at what he's brought you through. Look at where he's brought you to and from and what he's done in your life. And he gives them a command. And he tells them to do one thing. Remember. He says, remember. Remember who God is. And remember what God has done. Remember them. He's telling a story to them, right? He says, remember the things. He just gave them a recap of their entire history and showed them that there were plenty of painful times, plenty of hurting times, plenty of times when they had no idea if it was ever going to work out. And yet he says, but look, God was true to his word, was he not? And he encourages them. He says, remember who God is and what he has done. And he's telling a story. And stories are like monuments. Stories are like monuments. They cause us to remember things that we've forgotten. If you're like me, I have a hard time remembering things. Sometimes at our life group, we have, we have icebreakers, and they'll start with a question, and then I have to think about it, and then, and then I hear other people tell me their favorite thing, or, or they'll recall a story, and then what does it do? It reminds me of something that inspired me, right? That's the concept. I have a really hard time. Sometimes uh, I have a hard time even thinking when pastors will say, or I'll read a book or a devotional, and it'll say, remember all the good things that God has done for you. And I have a natural personality, especially when I'm going through negative, difficult, hard times. I have a hard time hearing or remembering what God has done. Anybody else in the room like that? That's me. I have a hard time. Apparently, I'm the only one. And so, so, but here's what stories do. When someone tells a story of God's goodness and his faithfulness, what does it do? It reminds me. It helps me to remember something that I forgot. Oh, yeah. And then all of a sudden, my brain starts rattling off all the things that God has done, right? Stories are like monuments. They cause us to remember what we've forgotten. But you know what they also do? They inspire us with strength for the present. Oh, I can't tell you how many times I've heard a story. Someone texts me out of the blue and says, man, look what God did in my life, right? Or there have been times when just this morning, 
Just this morning, a, a pastor friend of mine in Kenosha, Wisconsin, sent me a text, a video text, encouraging me, just, just saying, Jared, I'm proud of you, man. And he was telling me stories. He said, five years. I remember five years ago, Jared, we were sitting, six, seven years ago, we were sitting at an Applebee's in Alabama at a training to plant our church. And he's planted his own church. And he said, I remember sitting there and talking and dreaming and how all the times throughout we've had phone conversations and FaceTime conversations and all of these moments. And he was reminding me of the conversation conversations that we've had. And you know what it did this morning? Oh, I got so fired up. I'm so excited. It gave me strength when I know, when I remember what God has done, when I hear a story of God doing something awesome, right? How he's changed lives, how he's impacted lives. What does it do? It fills me with fuel for the moment. It inspires us for strength for the future, for the present. And it also challenges us to push us forward. When we hear stories of people who've given everything, when we hear stories of God's faithfulness, not only does it remind us of our past and how God has been faithful, not only does it it give us strength for the moment, it also challenges us and says, are you going to do it too? Are you going to keep going because of what God has done, what he's capable of doing? Will you? It gives us the ability and the faith to move forward. And so what I want to do is I want to allow a few of those stories to do that today. I want it to remind you of what God has done in your life how what this church has done, how God has used it to impact your life. I want it to fill you with strength this morning for what you're going through in your life in the moment. And I want it to challenge you, challenge you for what God has for you and for this church in the future. So I'd like to invite uh, Annie Martin and Josh Schneider and Jamie Kendall up to the front here. I just want to give them a chance to maybe just share real quickly for a few moments about how, how them being involved at our church, in Encounter Church, has impacted their lives. You know, each one of them have been here for different lengths of time. Some of them have been here for a long time, and others are more new and have kind of just gotten involved in the last maybe few months or a year. And so I think it's important, and my prayer for you this morning, and I'm believing, is that as they share the impact that God has had in their life through this church, You'll resonate with that. You ever like watched a movie and it has nothing to do with you, but you just get emotionally connected into that story? That's the power of a story. And I believe that God's going to do that this morning. So we're just uh, going to take a moment to do it. Why don't you just come on over here? So Annie, uh, you can be first. You're our first guinea pig here. Yes. So Annie, I, I'm just curious. I just want to give you a moment to maybe just, just kind of tell us how, like where, who are you, where are you from, and uh, how long have you been coming to Encounter? And then just Tell us like, how, how God has used Encounter Church to impact your life. Would you mind just sharing that real briefly with us? All right. Hi, guys. Um, I'm Annie. Uh, I moved to Pittsburgh from the lovely state of Texas five years ago, five and a half years ago. Um, and two weekends after I moved here, uh, my then roommate at the time was looking for a church, and she asked me if I wanted to come with her, and that happened to be Encounter. So I've been coming to Encounter for five and a half years now, which has been incredible. Um, (laughs) Over that time period, I've gone through a couple of different life paths, a couple of different potential careers, and a lot of different circumstances. And I think one thing that is really just shown throughout my entire time with Encounter from that very first weekend to now is just how much the people here care how much they care about showing Christ to other people and loving other people in loving God. And that has been faithful from those first months, uh, getting involved in a life group, and then 
becoming part of different life groups and beginning to serve and beginning to meet people and just to become part of a community that wants to reach out and serve others in Pittsburgh just with honesty and with love and with genuine compassion. There's a genuine caring in Encounter that is just, even in these past couple weeks, I've just been reminded so much of how much love this church has for the people who come here every weekend, the people who come here maybe a couple weekends, the people who have never come here before. And I think that in every possible way has just been the epitome of my experience time here. And how would you say that's, that, that experience has impacted you personally? It's reminded me who God is. I think, you know, there have been times in my faith where I've really felt God's presence. And then there have been months and even years where I haven't really felt that on fire with God. And it would be so easy just to kind of slip away and to just forget about that part of my life. But being here at Encounter... I haven't been able to do that because every time God has put people in this room who reach out to me, who speak life to me, who encourage me. And in each of those moments, God has been faithful and God has answered to me through other people. Awesome. Thank you so much for sharing your story. Next up is uh, Jamie Kendall. Jamie is, uh, I think you guys have been here maybe a year. Yeah, just over a year. About a year. So why don't yep. you just kind of tell us where you're from? How long have you been coming, obviously, and then just how, how, how Encounter has impacted your life? Yeah, sure. Uh, we're from right here. We live up the street. <laughs> uh, lived in Pittsburgh all my life. My wife's been here about 10 years. And, um, you know, I think we're a good example of the, the folks who, you know, were Christians, you know, were blessed to be raised that way. But um, we're pretty content for a long time with, like, our church on TV, you know, in the pajamas and um, – you know, but it, it wasn't too, too long after we got married that, um, that God put it on our hearts that we needed to find um, a place that we could, you know, serve and, and um, you know, be part of a Christian community. Um, so, you know, we kind of kept our eyes open. And even over the years, we'd gone to a church or two here and there and, you know, found a way to not like it. And, um, you know, it, 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 uh, when we came here, it, it was apparent right away that this was a place that, you know, we could really grow. Um, we um, saw the signs and uh, made a visit, and um, I think that the idea of, you know, know God, love people, serve the world um, stuck with us. It was something that we thought, like, well, that, that's pretty actionable, um, you know, in our own lives, and, um, you know, I think we first, um, you know, got connected to a life group, made a big difference for us, and um, gave us an opportunity to experience God in a communal way, um, which we had missed out on while all those mornings in our pajamas. Um, you know, then, um, you know, when we started to get a little bit of time to serve on the dream team, um, you know, that was a new experience encountering God because we were sacrificing our time and our energy and worship and, um, you know, so that we could kind of, you know, be helping too, um, which was really, really very rewarding. Um, and then finally, um, you know, when we had our son last year, um, I was issued this sweater and, uh, <laughs> Sorry, what? You were issued a sweater? Yeah, it happens as you become a dad. There's a wardrobe. Um, <laughs> but uh, immediately we, we felt the love in the church. We, I mean, we had every day, every week we had a meal coming. Um, you know, it was, was really, um, 
it was really, really felt like um, that God in real life um, to have people that were just so willing and wanted to hear and like would really ask, are you really okay? You know, like you didn't sleep. I'd say, okay, maybe not. <laughs> so it, uh, that was, uh, you know, just another way that we encountered God and made a big difference for us. Awesome. Thank you so much, Jamie. And last but not least, we have Josh Schneider. Uh, Josh, thanks so much for being a part of this with us this morning. Why don't you uh, tell us, you know, a little bit about yourself, kind of how long you've been here, and yeah. how, has, how has God impacted your life here? Sure. Um, I'm pretty bad on a microphone, just a heads up. So No worries, man. We're just telling Sorry our stories. Through it. Um, I'm a small business owner and uh, also have a son. He's almost five. And we started coming when he was two, so about three years and it, it's really a, a place of community. I, I met Heather, she started babysitting for Shark um, before I ever started coming to the church. And it was probably about six months before I actually showed up at the church after that. And um, it, so I knew them and I knew their heart and I knew, I knew kind of what they were about. It's been a place where it's challenged me and I've been able to challenge it back. And I think that's a, really important for a church. And, um, it's a place where I've always been comfortable, but also, sorry, um, you know, great, great spot for community. I don't know. I like it, man. Thanks. All right, let's give everybody a hand here. We love you guys so much. You know, and their stories really just represent so many in the room, and I think that's the point is I think each one of us in the room have a story, right? You're sitting here this morning because of, of how God has impacted your life through this church. Some of us, some of the people who are going to be listening on the podcast this week are friends who have moved away and have been impacted by what God has done through this church. There are people who will listen across the country or across the world. Did you know, and you probably didn't, that there are people who actually listen to our church messages in other nations and around the world and will be impacted by the messages and their story and God encouraging them. And so the whole point of it is that stories are like monuments, monuments that in our own lives act as markers to remind us, to inspire us, to honor the past, but also to challenge us with responsibility. So that's what I wanted to do this morning was that. And I have a few more thoughts before we're going to celebrate with our Hawaiian-themed luau after party. We're going to have a good time. But here's, here's what I want to kind of finish with today is a couple more ideas. So Joshua just says this to them. and says, remember who God is. Remember what he has done. And what's the response? What is the proper response? He says in verse 14, therefore, right, therefore, he says, because of all of this, because of this and that and all these things that you can write down in your journal, because of all the things you say at your life group, because of the things, the memories that flood into your mind, therefore, and we see this over and over and over again in Scripture. The New Testament, Paul does it all the time. In light of all of these things, therefore, do this instead. He says, therefore, fear the Lord and worship him in sincerity and in truth. Get rid of the gods that your father worshipped before, beyond the Euphrates River and in Egypt, and worship the Lord. What is he saying here? He's saying, remember what God has done. But don't just sit there. Don't just remember. He says, but instead, rededicate. Rededicate. Rededicate what? He says, the conscious choice to worship the Lord alone 
and to serve his purposes. Essentially, what he's saying to them is don't sit there and think that the last several hundred years of experience that you've come through was all that I have for you. And now, don't forget the things that you've done. Don't forget who you are. No, instead, redouble your effort and say, I am yours, God. The reason that God existed in the first place, the reason why God called this church into existence, the reason that God sent his people was not just so that they could get there and then forget about it or just sit there. No, the whole reason is rededicate yourself, is what he's saying. So the whole concept of why Encounter Church exists in the first place is to bring a light into the lost. It's to create a place of community for people who don't have any. It's to spread the gospel. It's to bring light into our cities. It's to help people understand they can know God and encounter him in everyday life. It's so that our relationships can be made. It's so that a place can become where everyone is welcome. It's a place where unity will be found in a world full of division. It's a place where we will serve all those. Every single person will give everything for it. It's a place where, where we will reach into our neighborhoods, into our communities, where the gospel will be, will be found, a place where people can tell their stories just like the ones that we heard. That's why, and he's saying, rededicate. In light of all that God has done, say, I will serve the Lord alone. And in that place, I will serve his purposes, whatever he has for me, rededicate. But it's interesting because I think Joshua understood that there were people who were maybe war-torn, I think maybe he understood that there were people who had lost things. I think he understood that, that not everyone that he was speaking to were going to choose to give up their old gods and all of those types of things. And this is what he says in verse 15. He says, but if it doesn't please you to worship the Lord, choose for yourselves today. Which will you worship, the gods your fathers worship beyond the Euphrates River or the gods of the Amorite in whose lands you are living? And he says this. He draws a line in the sand. He says, but as for me, and my family, we will serve the Lord. And I think what Joshua is saying, he's not only saying, he's not only just telling them to remember, because it is good to remember. And he's not only telling them to rededicate themselves, because this is what it takes to move forward. What he is saying is, is that for some of you, it takes responsibility. Take it personally is what he's saying. Personal responsibility. This is not a time anymore for, for just resting behind the people and riding on the coattails of Joshua. What he's saying is, is take it personally, your responsibility. He's saying to each of them, what is your part to play? What is your part to play? What is my responsibility? And I'm asking that of you today. I believe this is what God is saying to each one of us. He says, remember what I've done. Remember who I am. Remember why our church exists. And we're celebrating all that God has done. And we look ahead to what God is going to do. And he's saying to you, rededicate yourself to what God has called us to. And he's wondering, what is your responsibility? What is your part to play? What can you do? We heard people say that they join life groups. We've heard people say that they've said, I will come and I will serve on the dream team. I will go on missions trips. And I can't tell you how many stories I've heard of people who've come back from these trips and their lives have been changed and they're set on fire by God to speak more boldly in their faith. All sorts of things. This is what happens when you become personally responsible for what God has called this church to be. He says, as for me and my family, we will serve the Lord. And as your pastor today, I'm standing here before you, similar to Joshua, looking back and saying, wow, look what God has done over the last five years. And choose this day for yourself. But as for me and for my family, we will serve the Lord. We will do what he's called us to do. Listen to what the people said. 
verse 16. The people replied, we will certainly not abandon the Lord to worship other gods. For the Lord our God brought us and our fathers out of the land of Egypt. You hear them as a body now, as a group now. They are all remembering. They're all saying, they've heard the call. We have heard it. God has brought us out, out of a place of slavery. We have all, we have all, every one of us who call in the name of Jesus have been called out of slavery to sin. Praise God. Called out of slavery and performed these great miracles and signs before our eyes. How many miracles represented in the chairs sitting here today? He has protected us all along the way and went among all the peoples of the lands we traveled through. The Lord drove out before us all the peoples who lived in the land. And we too will worship the Lord because he is our God. And so my call to all of us today is not only to remember which we are. Not only to rededicate, which we're calling you to, not only for you to take personal responsibility for what God has called us each individually to be a part of in our lives outside of this church and in this church, but also I believe what God is saying to us today is let's do it together. Let's be a family. Each one of us saying, I will do my part as I stand next to my brother and sister as they're doing their part. As each one of us come to an outreach, as each one of us join a life group, as each one of us serve on Sunday mornings and go on mission trips, as each one of us give sacrificially to the church, as each one of us spend time at coffee and in dinners with each person here, as we invite people into our community, into our relationships, as we do all of these things, we will do it together. And we will, as one body, say, we will worship the Lord. I will remember what God God has done. In five years from now, we're going to be sitting here in this location or in some other place, and we will look back and celebrate 10 years together, and we will say, look what God has done, and we will look again ahead. Do you understand? This is what God is calling us to, a monumental moment made up of individual stories, just like Washington, D.C. That's who we are. That's who the church is. That's what he's called us to be. Would you stand with me? going to close with this thought. In our monumental moment, let's take responsibility together to rededicate ourselves to God and to his church. Five years. It's awesome. It's awesome what God has done and is doing. Let's rededicate ourselves to God and to his church. Why? Why? So that more monuments stories of changed lives can be built. That's why we do it. Would you pray with me? Father, you are awesome. You are wonderful. You are powerful. You are faithful. And so, today we celebrate. We erect a monument that says this is what the Lord has done. Each one of us, just like in the New Testament says we are each living stones that form a foundation of the kingdom. This house, this morning, this church is made up of many, many stories of your faithfulness, of changed lives, and we celebrate it today. And we now look ahead, inspired, challenged, and with responsibility to build what you have, to maintain and to grow what you have begun building. We thank you for it. And as we close our service today, as we set up and and have wonderful food and we celebrate and we have fun together, I pray that as we go from this place today, that each one of us 
would be reminded of the stories countless times that you have impacted our lives, either through this church or even in other places. It doesn't matter. Your faithfulness above all things is what we give you praise for. Remind us, God. Rededicate our hearts to you. We take responsibility. We we say we will go together. We love you in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening to this week's podcast. If you call Encounter Church Home or if you'd like to partner with us to support the work that God is doing here, you can take advantage of our online giving option. Just go to EncounterGiving.com. Also, stay up to date with us throughout the week by following us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at EncounterPGH. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week.